This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the final Blood Red podcast of the year. I'm joined by Paul Gorse. Good afternoon, Paul. Hello, Sam. And James, good afternoon. How are you, Mr. Sam Carroll? Good, f- good to have you with us today. It's a, it's a special moment for me. Obviously, Ian Doyle couldn't be bothered coming into work today, so I have been given the honour. Of, uh, I wasn't really giving the honour, I was just dragged from my seat, <laughs> and pulled in. We've got a younger, much better looking yeah. uh, deputy. We're going for youth for 2019, that's <laughs> yeah. It's the way forward. So we can uh, get straight into it, I think, lads. James, you were at Anfield. Uh, I was actually watching the game. It was 1-0 to Arsenal, went to the toilet, came out. It was 2-1 <laughs> to Liverpool, and a, a, a riot pretty much started. What was your thoughts on the on the game? Yeah, just another unbelievable night at Anfield, wasn't it? I think... Um, just you kind of run out of superlatives in this season because I was at Melwood the day before and you know I think there were a few eyebrows raised amongst the written press when Klopp said oh no we haven't even really started playing anywhere near our level yet you know there's a lot more to come from this team and then proceeded to kind of pick quite a few holes in the in the 4-0 drubbing in Newcastle on Boxing Day. Um, Do you think that's a is that a purposeful move from Klopp? Do you know, do you know what I think I think he is. I think he was being genuine, and I think I think and when we saw that, that was proved right by the way that his players raised the bar against Arsenal, because that's you know that that wasn't you know a useless Arsenal team. That's an Arsenal team that what did they go twenty odd games yeah. unbeaten not yeah. long ago under Emery. They've been a, you know absolutely transformed by him. Um, but yeah, Liverpool just absolutely destroyed them. I think yeah, you'd have to say they were given a helping hand by some pretty shoddy defending from Arsenal at times, but. You know, that was only because Liverpool attacked with such pace and incision and Arsenal couldn't handle their movement. And you know, as you said, it was you know, the first first time for three hundred and sixty four days Liverpool have found themselves behind in a Premier League game at Anfield, you know, not since Jamie Vardy scored for Leicester December the thirtieth last year. And you know, suddenly you thought to yourself, Well, actually, this is a new position for this Liverpool team. You know, how are they gonna respond to this? Yet you're right, you know, you go to the loo, you come back and Firmino scored twice and, and Anfield's absolutely on fire. It was an unbelievable response uh, and another huge step forward for Liverpool in this title race. When Arsenal took the lead, Paul, was there, was there any part of you that panicked or is this new look Liverpool? Was the, you know, did you sit there thinking, it's OK, it's early on? Did you have faith that you could come back and, and, and turn the game around? Well, as James mentioned, it was kind of like, um, it was strange to see Liverpool go behind, wasn't it? And it was, it was kind of like, well, how did they respond to this? And they come up with the answer, Emphatically, didn't they? You know, yep. instantly, and um, it was kind of the performance, particularly in the first half, that Liverpool fans came to expect last season when they were just flicking that switch and they were scoring twos and threes within you know ten minutes or whatever it was, and that's certainly the way it was on on um, was it Sunday. I still don't know what they were on All Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. just everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> we'll we'll get back to normal next week, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so it it was just kind of like like that performance where. Liverpool just turned turned on the afterburners and they were away and they took the game away from Arsenal in in such superb fashion and it was kind of like like Liverpool have been you know incredible at the back this season but the last few weeks they've kind of been stepping up a lot more attacking wise and when you allowed last season's attack with this season's defence you're looking at one of the best teams in the world and that's certainly what Liverpool are right now and obviously you you say about a long time since Liverpool have been behind at Anfield. It has also been a long time since Roberto Firmino had scored at Anfield. I don't think he'd scored since the, the back end of, of last season at home. The perfect response with a hat-trick. How did you rate his performance? Yeah, I thought he was sensational. I must admit, when when Klopp was talking in the build-up about how Liverpool, how 
you know, there was more to come. They hadn't fulfilled their potential this season. I think you were looking through the team and you, you'd probably pick out Firmino as the ideal example of that, who's someone who, I think, I think he's got better and better. I thought that, you know, it wasn't just that, that performance didn't come out of nowhere. I think over the course of December, he's been more influential in games, but still nowhere near the level, you know, that you think of how inspirational he was on that journey to Kiev last season. Um, but that was Firmino back to his absolute dazzling best on the, on the weekend, I think, yeah, he got a slice of luck with the first one with, you know, a bit, you know, him and Salah kind of sparked that panic in the Arsenal penalty box with the, you know, the attempted clearance that the hit Mustafi, I think it was, and dropped kindly for Firmino. But his second goal is just, that was one of the goals of the year for me, I think. Just the way, you know, the, the way that he slalomed his way past those two defenders left them on the deck. I think even Torreira ended up on the yeah, deck. Slaps, despite... slaps it, wasn't it? <laughs> there was three, three of them down. And then and then just to have the composure as well to produce the finish like that. Um, yeah, just, just brilliant. And it has been a bit odd watching Firmino at times this season. I think obviously a lot of talk about whether it was physical fatigue or mental fatigue, the amount of football he's played and going to the World Cup and not really having a break. Um, but yeah, that was... That was absolutely magnificent watching that on the weekend. And, you know, obviously he was indebted to a great gesture for Mo Salah in the second half, letting him take that that second penalty to complete the hat-trick. First one, I think I believe, of his professional career and just a, a really special moment for him. And, yeah, just he, he fully deserved it as well because I thought, I thought he was head and shoulders above anyone else on the pitch on the night. There were times earlier in the season, Paul, when people, you know, were suggesting that maybe Daniel Sturridge could be could be given a go. But do you think that performance kind of highlights just how integral he is to the way Liverpool play and to the way Jurgen Klopp wants his attacking three to perform? Oh, undoubtedly, I think he's the, the perfect foil, isn't he, for the, the explosive pace and, and talents of Salah and Mane on the wings. Uh, Firmino doesn't have to be prolific to be to have an impact on this Liverpool team. That's not particularly what he's all about. He scored 27 last season and it was a, a career best, but um, he, he brings so much more than just, you know, he's not a, a fox in the box or, a, you know, just a number nine who just gets goals and doesn't really bring much else. He contributes so much else to the um, to, to Liverpool's attack. And it was funny because um, in the build-up to the game, I wrote a piece saying um, Firmino hadn't scored at Anfield since... Um, since mid-April when the, the Grand National was on, it was the same day. It was a, a last-minute goal against Bournemouth and he'd gone so long without a, a goal at Anfield. And it was a bit of a strange statistic because he was still contributing and still have, having a huge impact on, on Liverpool's rise to the top of the Premier League and then he goes and scores three. And in the same game, he uh, becomes the all-time leading scorer, Brazilian scorer in Premier League history, which takes him above Philip Coutinho. So it was um, you know, a perfect evening for him and a um, perfect evening for Liverpool. As Paul said, James Firmino, not a traditional striker in the sense of you know, no one expects him to score you know a bag full of goals. But he did get twenty seven last season. He's got nine in all competitions. This is 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 there a mark that you'd like to see him hit? Do you think for Liverpool to to progress well in the Champions League and to win the league, you're looking at him to score twenty twenty five? Yeah, I reckon twenty. I think he'll get to twenty again. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh, he had a decent decent run in the second half of last season, uh, and yeah, I think that's the perfect platform for him, isn't it? Going into the the new year um, it was bizarre really looking at it and realising he'd only scored four league goals so far this season up to that point when um, you know you, you think about how much how much Liverpool dominate games attacking wise and the chances they create um, but yeah for whatever reason of course he, you know, he had scored at Anfield the, the, the last minute winner against PSG in the Champions League but it had been a long time for him in, in the Premier League at Anfield but um, 
No, I mean, he's, he's just, as Paul said, he's so critical to the way that Liverpool play. And it wasn't a massive surprise that on the night when he was suddenly back to his best, we saw yeah. Liverpool as this rampant attacking force that we hadn't really seen against a high-calibre opponent since since last season. Um, so, yeah, big, a big, big step forward for him. Especially when you think, you know, Mo Salah, after a, a relatively slow start, suddenly exploded into life the last couple of months. Sadio Mane, um, you know, has made some massive contributions as well. Um, you know, and in a way, Firmino suddenly getting back to where he was is almost like the, the final piece that the Klopp was looking for, I think, in terms of uh, Liverpool attacking, in terms of getting that fluency back that we saw last term. And Paul, Firmino obviously growing in confidence after that Arsenal performance, but one man who, I mean, Liverpool's most improved player of the season so far, just keeps that midfield ticking along. Ginny Wijnaldum, how impressed have you been with the with the Dutchman so far this season? Oh, he's, he's been excellent, hasn't he? And I think... Um, First he, name on the team sheet at the moment, do you think? One of them, one of them certainly, yeah. I mean, he, he struggled to... He's, you know, Jürgen Klopp's got so many options in midfield, but it's he's making a case, isn't he, now to, to be undroppable in, in the engine room. It's... He's having a superb season. What I, what I love about him is he doesn't overcomplicate things. He's, he's one and two touch and he just moves it on and moves it forward as soon as, as soon as he can, as quick as he can. And his body's always between the man and, and, and the ball and he very rarely gets shrugged off it just because of the way he, he's, he's got his balance right. If he gets touched, he'll win a free kick and, and keep possession for his team. So he's, he's just, he's been he's been excellent, to be fair. And I know there was quite a lot of criticism in terms of sometimes when Liverpool went away, he, he was a little bit anonymous but uh, this season he's there for every game and he's showing up and he's as you say he he would be the first name on the team sheet midfield wise at the moment. What what do you think that is, James? You know, there was that criticism levelled at him a little bit last season. Maybe at the beginning of this season he weren't imposing himself enough on those big games. What change is it that you've seen in him in in those in those sort of environments? Yeah, I th- I think part of it is just the extra competition for places this season. I think uh, I remember doing an interview with him earlier on in the year when. You know, he he said, you know, when you're at a big club like Liverpool, you, you just have to you 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 kind of expect that players are going to come in in your position every single summer, and you're going to have to keep raising it if you want to survive at a massive club. And um, you know, I think he knew with Fabino and Cater coming in, and they weren't just two ordinary signings, were they? Two big big money signings, you know, nine ninety five million quid for the two of them. Um, Small change for you, that, isn't it? <laughs> so I think you know, he I think he knew. That he was going to have to respond to that, and I think, uh, and I think whether that's you know, I think having new players around psychologically makes you makes you probably focus a bit more on what you can do to try and improve yourself. And he's he's certainly done that. You know, I think that that was as Paul said, that was always the kind of thing thrown at him was that, especially away from home, you almost forgot he was playing at times. But um, that's certainly not been the case this season. I think you know he's been you know you obviously the, the 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 obvious ones are you know Alison Becker and Van Dyke and Salah in terms of eye catching contributions week after week. But if you're looking for an unsung hero of the season so far, it would have to be Genie Wijnaldum. I just think for his consistency and he's just a really really intelligent footballer. Isn't he? I think there was a few times on on the weekend where he, you know he uses his body so well to you know to to get to look after the ball and to shield it and to win free kicks and it just doesn't doesn't try and overcomplicate things um and yeah it was great it was I, I i liked the fact that Klopp um took him off early and he, you know he he got that recognition from Anfield that that possibly you know he he hasn't he's deserved more regularly than he's than he's got this season because uh 
you know, I think to a man, Anfield was on its feet to applaud the Dutchman and you know, fantastic way for him to sign off a, a 2018 that he can be very proud of. And do, do you think it's nice to see then? Obviously, you know, a lot of people thought people like Fabinho, like Naby Keita would ultimately end up replacing your Hendersons and your Wijnaldums. I know you were very positive about Jordan's performance against Arsenal. Do you think it's nice to see them three working in tandem in a massive game like that at Anfield? Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at that Liverpool team and obviously Klopp has made changes to keep things fresh over the, the festive period with so many games and, and midfield is kind of the one area where you'd have to say there is no real defined pecking order in, in terms of uh, that, you know, we, we know what the, you know, the, the first choice back four in the early part of the season was obviously Gomez with Van Dijk, the two fullbacks pick themselves really, um, the front three pick themselves um, but that midfield one has been a, a tricky one to call and yeah, I think there was this assumption because of the money that Liverpool had paid out for Fabinho and Cater that they were automatically the future yeah, and yeah. the ones that had been there a while would be would be cast aside. But it, it's just not the case, is it? You know, for Liverpool to be where they are, they, they've been reliant, you know, on on that kind of the, the old guard of you know you think of how important Milner's been at times this season. Yeah. Henderson again, um, you know, I thought he was excellent against Newcastle on. On Boxing Day, Klopp then has the luxury of bringing Fabino in. Um, Fabino, who you know, after a slow start to his Liverpool career, has has made massive strides forward over the last month or so. Um, and we're still waiting for, for Naby Keita to really show us what he's, he's the last capable piece of. The jigsaw, of. Really, yeah, it? I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't you rewind to kind of August, and obviously he made that fantastic debut against West Ham, and that kind of gave you a little lovely little insight into what he was capable of, and Having watched him play for Leipzig and and seen how, you know how devastating he could be as this kind of box to box midfielder, yet Liverpool are where they are, you know, in record breaking uh, shape, seven points clear at the top of the Premier League, without Cater, you know, uh, having really been needed much, yeah. and um, you know that that's what when you're looking for reasons why this title challenge is built on very strong foundations, it's because of things like that where you look at that bench and think, well, you know. You know, he, he, I, I'd expect a lot more to come from him in the second half of the season. And Paul, obviously, you know, Jurgen Klopp harbours a, a great team spirit at Liverpool. That's something we've seen uh, since he came into the club, really. For you, how good was it to see, you know, Virgil van Dijk? You know, he's been given the yeah. captain's armband, you know, a few times this season. Uh, but how, how good is it to see, you know, him going about and, and sticking up for his, his teammates? He, yeah, yeah. He ain't letting Socrates have any of Mohamed Salah, was he? <laughs> he wasn't. And, do you know what? Like, it, I would not mess with Van Dijk, by the way. He is no, one no, scary. No. He's, but, do you know what? It was actually great to see because one of my very few criticisms of this Liverpool team is they're a little bit too nice at times. Yeah. They're quite, you know, a little bit quiet boy-esque. There was a, there was a period in the, the Champions League final when Sadio Mane bundled over Sergio Ramos and he ended up getting a booking for it, I think. And um, Mane helps him up to his feet with a big smile on his face. And you're thinking, this is the guy who took Salah out the game, didn't really go down under too much pressure there, and you've just got a button and you're helping him up with a big smile on your face. So to see some Liverpool players basically having a bit of snark and a bit of fight about them is, is great to see because I think it's it's one of the few components that has been lacking at times. So when um, when Van Dijk went in for the, the bit of a tear up in the tunnel, I was on the edge of my seat, come on, go, go on, Veg. <laughs> so we, I, I, it was great to see. I, I, I loved it. Honestly, I did. Not too much, Virgil. We don't want a, well, yeah, a three-match yeah. ban. But yeah, it was uh, it was good to see. I think Paul's right. There was for for too long. It's Liverpool had been too nice a team, and yeah, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with 
being top of the fair play table, but it's not the table you want to be top <laughs> of, preferably, is it? And, um, you know, and I know it, it does mean a, a lot to Klopp the, the way that Liverpool, you want to win, but you want to win in a, in a particular way. Um, but you also need to stand up for your teammates when, when they come under what, what I thought was unfair criticism as well, because I, I'm not sure what Socrates was oh. running about. Because, Absolutely ridiculous yeah, d- challenge, wasn't it? Don't get me wrong. Which the, one? What, was two of them. Yeah, that's like he had two or three nibbles at him, yeah. didn't he? And when you when you're the wrong side like that, yeah. it's just I just absolutely brainless. And then yeah. and I yeah, I couldn't believe that then he was continuing it after the half time whistle. <laughs> um and yeah, I think it's fair to say that Salah fits in the lover rather than fighter category and <laughs> the uh, and Van Dyke stepped in and said if you're messing with him you're messing with me as well and <laughs> I think that was when Socrates realized he, he was probably best leaving it the blood red podcast brought to you by 35 play today at thepools.com Ho- hopefully it never happens James but what would your tactic be if it just did square up to you I think I think <laughs> I think you've just got to peg it haven't you right, I, yeah, yeah I, no I'd, messing... hit, I'd hit the deck before you even <laughs> the, uh, that wouldn't be much of a uh, much much of a much of a battle that um, but yeah, I mean the the penalties thing. It, it's just bizarre, isn't oh, it? How old, absolutely <laughs> you, you crazy. Wait, wait fourteen months for for one in the Premier League at Anfield, and then three in four days. And uh, James Milner getting a, a couple of rivals for the <laughs> spot kick taken yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he'll, be, he'll probably be kicking himself that he had that minor <laughs> hamstring injury because it robbed him of a few uh, few Could extra gold, his tally gold, for gold, the season. gold bonuses. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I know, I know. You know, there was a bit, a lot made of the penalty against Newcastle, wasn't there, on Boxing Day? And people were saying, you know, the Salah had made too much of it. And it, it was definitely soft, but I didn't think, I didn't think it, it merited the kind of outcry that we saw. I think once you, what, once you put your arm fans. across like that, it's yeah, the, the yeah. I mean, it, do you know, what, it actually it reminded me in a way to the Lovren on Calvert Lewin yeah, one yeah. and the derby last season because I just think, what you know, one people will say then that that was soft and it was soft, but. Lovren was stupid putting his hands on Calvert-Lewin like yeah. that in the box. In the same way, Dummett was stupid grabbing Salah's arm like that. And I thought the most telling thing on that one was that Dummett didn't even, you know, he, you know, <laughs> despite all the fury that followed he didn't on social media, yeah. he didn't really complain. Um, <laughs> and also the fact it was, what was it, the second goal in, a, in an absolute 4-0 rout. It had absolutely no relevance really to the, the yeah. final outcome. But you yeah. know, if that one was soft, the two against Arsenal were, were, were nailed on for me, I think. You know, yeah, Socrates absolutely brain dead, chopping, having a couple of goes at Salah when you're the wrong side like that, and then similarly, um, you know, the, the the shove on Lovren again. You know, I don't, I don't think Arsenal could have any complaints, but you know, it, you know the penalties again didn't really have much of a say in the final outcome because Liverpool had absolutely outclassed Arsenal and. It was interesting that second half. The fact they could have it, the game remained so open, didn't it? Yeah. And, and like, and and Klopp obviously just thought he'd, you know, he'd seen enough, and you know he took Mane off, didn't he, and brought on Henderson and went to four three three, and um, which I think again a little mark of how Klopp's strategy and outlook has evolved over the course of his tenure. Because that was another game that you know wouldn't have surprised me if Liverpool had won that six three or seven three <laughs> or something earlier on in his reign, but. Um, you know, I think he thought, well, hang on a minute, we're, you know, we're falling up here. We don't need this game to be this open. It doesn't have to be like a basketball game back and forth, even though fantastic to watch and went to 4-3-3. Suddenly Arsenal never had another sniff and you, you get the fifth goal and thanks very much and on, on to the Etihad. And do you think that's the difference then this season, Paul? You know, a few Liverpool teams, certainly the, the Brendan Rodgers one that came close to win the title, as James said, did kind of have that mentality of, OK, we know we're not great at the back. 
we will just score more than you. Is that maturity that you're seeing from Liverpool the most impressive thing? That they are scoring goals, but sometimes they're content to just manage a game and and see and see it out for the win. Yeah, one hundred percent. You look back to that Brendan Rodgers team, and they conceded fifty goals, um, and he finished second. Um, this Liverpool team are up to what is it eight now? Eight they've conceded halfway through the season. So yeah, that that is the big difference in terms of two title challenges. But there, there has been a significant tweak this season under Klopp. As James mentioned, he's not looking to to go and win games five nil or six nil or you know five four. He's just as soon as Liverpool get get ahead, you're always confident that they're going to see out the game, no matter what score is, whether it's one nil or or five one, as it ended up against Arsenal. So that has been the big change, just just being defensively sound. But that started to change about twelve months ago, didn't it? When Virgil Van Dijk came in and Liverpool finished the season with. Yeah. Um, the most clean sheets that they'd had since uh, Rafa Benitez in, in 2009-10, I think it was. Um, so th- that is the fundamental difference between this season and last season, just how good Liverpool are defensively. Are those moments for you, James, now? You know, we're 20 games in, so pretty much nailed on the, the halfway stage. Are you starting to get a little bit excited? You know, the, uh, <laughs> Starting to. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at I mean, the, the Origi goal, the Mahrez missed penalty. There's been a few times when... Maybe Allison's made a mistake and, and, and they've turned the game round for him. And you know, what are your feelings now on, on the title race? Manchester City beating Southampton, we've got seven points. Spurs losing, that's nine points. Where are you? Are you trying not to try not to? I mean, you came into the office today with a mini Premier League trophy, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Singing we are. Do you know, the it's just a, it's funny, isn't it? At the moment, I went I went out in went out for dinner in town after the game. Um, Against Arsenal with, with, with five. Just no, no, just on, no, one myself. Did not re- did not red with, food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, went to a lovely place called Wreckfish. Have you been there? Oh yeah. On um, in a lot of good things. What this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. That beef was absolutely cracking in there, and they've not paid me to say them. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Although if they do want to send from Wreckfish, uh, yeah. is listening. <laughs> <laughs> I am easily bribed. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? The, I was sat with five lads, all all season ticket holders, all been. You know, similar age to me, like early forties, going for donkey's years, and um, and it was a real funny mix. I think like three three out of the five of them were were well in the. This is the season of our lives. You know, we're going to do it. What you know, I, I can't believe after all the disappointments, all the false dawns, we're here. And then the other two were like, "Don't you dare start talking like that." There's <laughs> there's a long, long way to go. We've been we've had it. We've been burnt so many times before. Don't you know? Don't even think about it. And it, it was. I think there's those two different kind of schools at the moment, and there. And um, yeah, I'm probably more in the first camp at the moment, just because it's. Yeah. I just think you can't. You got to enjoy it, haven't you? <clears throat> I think you can. You can enjoy it. And, and and like just appreciate the unbelievable position we're in without counting your chickens and yeah. going around yeah. saying we've already won the title. Yeah. But the idea that you shouldn't get remotely excited until the Ian Doyle idea. Yeah. Until like you know the, yeah the Ian Doyle until there's a C next to Liverpool's name on that if league you've table. Watched, if you've watched football, you know we'll lose the title. Because <laughs> um, you know it's just it is hard to believe sitting here that Liverpool are in the position they're in. Yeah. When oh, I mean, December. December statistically is the best month Liverpool have ever had in their history. Really, they've never, never won eight games in a calendar month. And and when you think, you know, they went into December. What was it on the back of losing away to PSG? A lot yeah. of question marks about the team. You know, seconds away from what would have been a pretty, not demor- demoralizing, but the wrong word, but frustrating goal of straw against Everton in the derby. Then suddenly Pickford did what he did in the ninety sixth minute. Divock Origi becomes a cop icon and and the rest <laughs> and the rest is history you know eight 
such a you know a massive run of games as well, and then you know really difficult fixtures along the way. You know, uh, playing United and tricky trips like Burnley and Bournemouth. You know, the, yeah. the, the absolute Titanic Champions League group decider against Napoli. Yeah, T- to rattle off eight straight wins. And I think it's unbelievable, it, isn't it? Twenty twenty three goals scored in those eight <sighs> games, three conceded. It's just it is remarkable, and you yeah if you like. You, if you if you don't if you don't absolutely love the ride at the moment, then football's pro- not for you. Yeah, it's yeah. not for you. Yeah. Not I mean, for you. The th- idea that you should just wait and not get remotely excited, I'm I'm not in that camp. Yeah, Liverpool supposed to took a lot of stick last season in the Champions League for celebrating wins against Manchester City and Roma, and ultimately they ended up with tro- trophyless. And it was kind of like, well, what have what have you won? And that's not really to the point that Liverpool fans were. We're getting at when he was celebrating all these trips is, to Porto. Is it, is it jealousy though, maybe from other from other teams, you know, of how, how well Liverpool are doing, kind of thing. I don't know really. I think it's just an easy an easy response, isn't it? To yeah. to say, well, you know, if you, if you see a group of rival fans supporting it's, it's and, and the the team haven't actually lifted any trophies, it's easy to say, well, what did you win? But it's about you know, as as we said, if you're not enjoying it, then what are you in it for? You know, <laughs> Liverpool fans have every right to enjoy what is happening at the moment because. Unless you, unless you maybe forty, maybe then you, you you struggle to remember a team as good as this. Um, it's for me, it's it's the best Liverpool team in my lifetime. And if best you, than if, that Roy Hodgson <coughs> team, it's <laughs> a big shout. It's yeah, a big shout. I think I think over two legs at that back box. <laughs> but, Do you not think Konchesky could keep Salah quiet? <laughs> <quite? laughs> oh, that was the, they were dark times. Really. Um, but yeah, no, it's. As I say, it, for me, it's the best Liverpool team in my lifetime. But now the task is to go and make sure that there's no doubt and, and there's no kind of jealousy, as you say, from other fans saying, "Well, what did you win?" Because if Liverpool go and become Premier League champions, then no, no one can can say anything about it. So we sit here on uh, New Year's Eve today, lads. It's been a, I mean, to support Liverpool. Obviously, Kiev was was, was a, a crushing blow on the night, but I think now when we reflect, you know, it, it was still a pretty. Big achievement for Liverpool to, to reach the Champions League, playing the final, playing some of the football they were. James, your moment of 2018 being red. You obviously went home and away all through that Champions League run, all through a, a very successful end to the Premier League season as well. What's the James Pierce pick? <laughs> uh, do you know what? It is really difficult to pick. If I was picking a game of the year, it would probably be the three 0 win over City in the the first leg of the Champions League quarter final because I, I thought that was yeah I mean the the four three against City was great in the in the Premier League uh, although yeah. the, the the final scoreline flattered City they scored them two late goals didn't they which I mean it wasn't it was never really a four three game um, but yeah I think the stakes were obviously a lot higher in the Champions League and I must admit when Liverpool got City in in the Champions League draw I thought well that you know the the, the form City were in. I just thought you're not beating them over over two legs. I, th- I thought they'd be they'd be too strong. So to to absolutely demolish them three nil in the way that they did. You know, City were, were f- quite comfortably bookies favourites going to win the Champions League last season. Yeah, that would be the game of the year for me. But God, the problem is you could make a top six that, that in most other years they'd all probably be near the top because. You know the semi-final first leg against Roma. You know to be five nil up after what was it, sixty-eight minutes, whatever it was, of a Champions League semi-final first leg. You know that's not supposed to happen. You know that was that was unbelievable. Um, you know great moments. You'd have to you'd have to chuck into the mix the Origi late winner against Everton. Um, it's just 
yeah, the you know Firmino's last minute winner against PSG. The, the fight I was in Porto when we absolutely demolished them five oh, away. Yeah. You know yeah. they hadn't they hadn't lost at home for I think over a year, and then you you know you, again you're not supposed to go to places like that and win and win five nil in the Champions League. Is it? It's just yeah, it's been a been an unbelievable year to cover the club. I think you know in the Premier League alone, thirty eight games. I think eighty eight points, which statistically is Liverpool's best ever haul over a a calendar year. Um, you know, funny enough, equal with City, they they took eighty eight points this year as well, and when yeah, when you when you throw into the mix that unbelievably unexpected run to the to Kiev, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and and even the low of Kiev, you know, I think it, probably the biggest achievement from Klopp over the course of twenty eighteen is ensuring the way that they responded so yeah. so positively to that yeah. because mm-hmm. there's been other big setbacks like that in Liverpool's recent history where that's completely derailed progress and it is has kind of like been a millstone around their necks but you know they they absolutely took that on board and and came out swinging in August so as James was saying Paul sounds like it's been an okay year to support Liverpool what's the what's the Paul the tall Paul Gorse moment of 2018 uh, well, as James says, it's it's been such a, a memorable year to to kind of cover the club the way the way he does home and away, and, and just to, to write about them in, in in my role. So the the the, the game that I'd pick would be uh, Roma in the uh, home in the Champions League because that was just such an, an electric night, and that was one of the that was probably the the, the trademark Liverpool where the the, the the switch flicked and and they were away and yeah. they were gone, and Roma was just completely out of sight, and Liverpool had booked their place in, in the Champions League final. Mohamed Salah that night was just operating on a completely different plane to, to everyone else. He, that night he was the, the best player in the world. It was just such a an incredible performance. One that he'd struggle to name another performance like it in terms of you know a one-off game in Anfield. I'd, the, the only one that comes off the very top of my head was Luis Suarez, and that was against Norwich. So to do it against a team like Roman in the Champions League semi-final was just an amazing individual performance. So I'd probably pick that, but as James says, there's so many. We could have picked 10, couldn't we? And this feels like something we probably should have done as a piece, as like a, <laughs> an end of year piece. So, um, and it's only looking like it's it's there's going to be more of it as well to come. And and before we we finish off, James, to to fast forward a year when we sit here on the thirty first, twenty nineteen, what would be a reasonable place do you think for Liverpool to be the way they're progressing at the moment? Do you think now do, does it get to a point where you've got to say you know Liverpool should win the league, we should be sitting here next year as, as Premier League champions or? Is this still part of the journey and you think it's it's still another... Will you just be happy to see Liverpool keep kind of plodding along? So well, I certainly, yeah, I certainly hope we're sat here next With season talking about Liverpool making a decent fist of defending their Premier League title. Yeah. You know, the, you know, d- despite all the caveats in terms of not getting carried away and there's still um, 18 games to go and, you know, not least a huge game at the Etihad on, on Thursday night. Liverpool are in a you know, in fantastic shape going into 2019. Um, you know, it really does whet your appetite because, you know, as we spoke about before, you know, it's just such a different team to 2013-14. You know, that was a, a, a title challenge that came out of the blue, really, from like February onwards. And, and that was a flawed team that very nearly pulled off, you know, an absolute miracle in winning the league. You think about Benitez's team of 2008-9 that was certainly more gifted and a more complete team, but didn't have depth, you know, Liverpool were bringing on like David and Go and Voronin and players mm-hmm. like that. And then you you look at that, the depth of talent that Klopp has got now and and the way in which every single department of that team is functioning. And you think there is no reason really to fear, 
you know, what might happen in 2019. Of course, you know, football does have a have a habit of coming back to bite you when you when you think that everything's going, you know, everything's rosy in the garden. But it is a it is a you know an unbelievable position to be in, and yeah, I, I you know it would just be a you know fantastic, wouldn't it, to be to be sat here next year talking about Liverpool. Uh, having made a decent fist in the first half of the season of trying to defend the Premier League title, and you know, also they got the Champions League to look forward to in 2019 yeah. because you always forget about yeah, it, don't you? It's yeah, going yeah. so well in the Premier yeah. League, and uh, it's you know, and and, and again, you know, a, win, uh, a difficult but very winnable tie against Bayern Munich. They're, they're going to be two absolutely mouthwatering games, and you know, I think the other thing is, you know, if Liverpool can maintain the standards they've set in December. Then nobody's going to fancy playing them in the in the yeah. Champions League, and yeah, it'd be nice to think that uh, there'd be a little uh, a little date with Real Madrid somewhere along the line as well to to make up for that for that night in Kiev. So just quick quick one one word answers for for both years now. Play of the year, Liverpool twenty eighteen shouldn't be too difficult. This one, I don't think, Paul. I don't know, you know, there's a, there's a couple. No, um, I think... thought you know, it was just going to be two sellers. No, no. Yeah. Van Dijk, maybe? That, it's it's got to yeah. be one of the two, yeah. hasn't it? But I, I, no I'm one s- willing to get off the fence? No, no, I, I'm going to go with Mo Salah. Just, Mo Salah. Just because I think... I just think you've got to factor in what he did was absolutely unprecedented yeah. in terms yeah. of... Mm. Broke the Premier League scoring record, 44 goals in a season. You know, only Ian Rush has ever scored more in, in Liverpool's 126-year history. Then what he went through with the agony of being, you know, dumped on his shoulder, taking yeah. out the Champions League final, you know, pretty, pretty demoralising and stressful World Cup with him, where he was, you know, used as a bit of a political pawn by the Egyptian FA and played when he wasn't fully fit. Then came back to Liverpool and then all the, all of that focus on him and yeah, I just think to, to then respond in the way he's, he's done to all that nonsense about being a one season wonder and and now. You know, back back at the top of the Premier League scoring charts, absolutely tormenting defenders. I think thirty-seven club goals for him over the course of 2018. I think, despite everything that Virgil Van Dijk has done for this Liverpool team, I, I think I'd have to give it to Salah. Paul, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I think Salah's only real challenger would be Virgil Van Dijk, who came in 12 months ago and turned the team who were who had a, an Achilles heel of basically had a, had a bullseye around it to every Premier League team. And just completely wiped it away, and Liverpool are now one of the best defenses in world football. Um, a lot of that's been down to him, and the world's most expensive defender, probably one of the best. Well, certainly one of the best. Probably thought could be the very best. Um, if we win the Premier League title, he, he could make a, a case for being the, the planet's elite defender. And goal of the year, I think I'll uh, I'll start off on this one. I'd probably go for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, the opener against Man City. James, happy with that? Yeah, that was, was a good one. against Watford. Was that in 2018? Was, yeah, yeah. The, also very when he good. Got, yeah, when he skinned like 11 men. <laughs> yeah, the ball boy. I actually cheated a bit on this one because I did on Liverpool's website. They have actually got a video of every ah, goal Liverpool okay. have scored in 2018. Yeah, and because I've got a memory like a sieve, I yeah. watched it last night to yeah. try and refresh my memory. And the, my, actually, my actual favourite one is Salah's against Tottenham. The two-all draw. Yeah. When, yeah, when yeah. do you know what? It, and it's a sh- it was such a shame that it didn't prove to be the winning goal because obviously yeah. there was all that drama afterwards with the uh, yeah, the, the going down like he'd been shot and you know and Kane equalised in the stoppage time. But that that goal was unbelievable. The way yeah. that he just weaves between a couple of defenders and then from a ridiculous angle um, beats the keeper. So yeah, that's that's my favourite. Paul, it's so fun, isn't it? Because there's so many goals that they scored in, in 2018. Um, I think your one's a good one, Sam, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, um, just for its importance and, and how 
you know, just an explosion, wasn't it? And once that went in, it, like Liverpool fans started to believe that they could actually beat beat the City team over the two legs. And so, you go for Clavin against Burnley, what a goal that was. Yeah, it was important. <laughs> <laughs> Stooped low at the back post, didn't he? What are you going to plump for? Um, go for Divock Origi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> he's tempted. No, he's tempted. I'm not. I'm, I'm, t- I'm t- I've been caught off guard with this because you knew it was coming and I didn't. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what, Sam? I'm going to go with yours. Okay. <laughs> and just before we sign off, lads, any New Year's Eve plans? James, what are you up to tonight? Red door? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Na- oh. Neighbours are having a house party. Um, so just a f- few quiet, r- few round quiet. there and then, and then doing my prep, obviously, being a consummate professional ahead of that big game at the Etihad on Thursday. Paul? Unfortunately, it's, uh, it is just a quiet one. Just going for a, a meal with the missus tonight. Yeah. Not, nothing special. Well, I'll be lucky if I can remember filming this podcast around <laughs> 1 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, uh, lads, it's been a pleasure to join you. Pleasure to make me debut. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for getting involved across 2018. And we hope you join us again in 2019. I've been Sam Carroll, Paul Gorst and James Pierce, And that's your final Blood Red podcast of 2018. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.